All right, look at Hebrews 11, verse 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. And Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not. Or God took him. I want to preach on this subject tonight. Where did he go? Amen? Can you imagine he was and then he was not? Can you imagine what those was around Enoch was saying? Where'd he go? Can I tell you what's going to happen when the rapture happens? Where'd he go? Father, speak to us through your word. In Jesus' holy name, and all God's children said, Amen. Well, as we look at this passage together, we saw last time with Abel and how Abel worshipped by faith. As we get into the faith of Enoch, you're going to find out what it means to walk by faith. Now, here's the thing. When you deal with Enoch, you deal with Genesis 5, and you overlay that on to Hebrews 11. As we go through many of these passages in Hebrews 11, we're going to have to refer back to the Old Testament to really understand what Hebrews 11 is saying about each of the faith of these individuals. And so I want to begin by looking first. In the life of Enoch, I want us to look first at the repentance seen in Enoch's faith. The repentance seen in Enoch's faith. Now, we're going to see this in Genesis 5. So if you'll flip back to Genesis 5 for just a moment, don't lose your place in Hebrews 11. But if you flip back to Genesis 5, you're going to have something that gives us some insight into the repentance of Enoch. Look what it says, and Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah, and Enoch walked with God. Now, here's the word you got to key on, after he begat Methuselah. So, in other words, there was a moment in time, a point in time, where Enoch came to the place of putting his faith in the Lord. Now, look at this with me, because I want you to see this, because this is important. The transformation of Enoch's faith. So these first 65 years that Enoch walked before he begat Methuselah, we don't have any insight to what his life was like. But here's what we do know. We do know that before Methuselah was born, Enoch did not walk with God. But afterwards, he walked with God. So something took place in Enoch's life that reflected a turn of course in his life. 
And isn't that what repentance really is? And Enoch was transformed by faith. Now listen, Old Testament saints were saved by faith. That's the reason the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and Romans chapter 4, talking about Abraham was justified by faith. And you and I need to understand that you and I are saved by faith, grace through faith, lest any man should boast. And so what Enoch happened, we do not know exactly what took place, but what we do know is there was a specific point in Enoch's life when all of a sudden he recognized that he needed to put his faith in the Lord. And he did so, and in that moment, he began to walk with God. Now, here's what I would say to you. That Enoch proved his faith by what happened after Methuselah was born. You see, I don't believe somebody can put their faith in the Lord and not walk with God. I don't believe that's possible. And so this is what we find here. The transformation of Enoch's faith. But this is what's interesting, and this is why I believe God put his finger on Enoch's faith. And you say, what? The timing of Enoch's faith. In other words, when was it that Enoch came to a place of putting his faith in God? Well, can I tell you, it was a time in which God was about to destroy the whole earth by flood. Genesis tells us what this timing was like. Genesis 6, 5 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, let me ask you a question. It's one thing to put your faith in God when there's a lot of people around you doing the same. In other words, when you can find like-mindedness around you, it's one thing to put your faith in God. But I got news for you. Enoch was a fish out of water. Enoch was walking in a time when the heart of every man was self-centered, self-satisfying, and all about what they could gain and what they could get. And this was the time in which Enoch lived. This is why God looked upon the earth and said that he was going to destroy it with a flood. And so Enoch was a man that had a moment in time when repentance became evident. And it all became evident because of his faith. But he did this, and God transformed his life. And at the same time, he did it in a time when nobody else wanted anything to do with God. Now, where you really find this taking place today is in foreign countries. Because in many foreign countries, when you put your faith in the Lord... You are marked by the rest of culture. And Enoch was a man that did this in a time when nobody else was doing this. Now you say, well, how do you know that? Well, the Bible says Noah preached for 120 years righteousness. How many converts did he have? None. Him and his family were the only ones that got in that ark. And Noah warned them for 120 years. Enoch walked with God in that time, in that culture, in that environment. Now, here's what's amazing to me. 
He did that without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. How much more should we with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? And you say, well, we don't live in a time like that. You need to open your eyes. I mean, we live in a day today, folks, even churches are not Christian anymore. I mean, we live in a time today where, where truth has become heresy, heresies become truth, and men are deceived, and men are walking upon the, the course of their own life, what is right in their own eyes, just like it was in the days of Enoch. And can I tell you something? Just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. We live in that generation. And so we see the transformation of Enoch's faith in his repentance. We see the timing of Enoch's faith in his repentance. But can you imagine the testing of Enoch's faith? Can you imagine Enoch being a man who is now standing out like a sore thumb, walking with God in a day where nobody else walked with God? Can you just imagine what the testing he went through? How he was probably challenged. How he was probably very much ridiculed. Probably maybe even persecuted. We're going to get into something in just a little bit where you're going to find out Enoch not, did not do this privately. He did not do this quietly. He did it vocally. Matter of fact, we're going to find out in a minute. Enoch preached during that day. And you can imagine the testing of his faith. Because I want to tell you something. When you and I began to walk in right fellowship with God, and everybody around you is walking contrary to that, that alone will test to see if your faith is genuine. And I promise you, the only way you know if your faith was genuine or not is when it's tested, does it stand? That's the only way you'll ever know if your faith was genuine. When it is tested, will it stand? And that is what we find with Enoch. Now, let me show you, lastly, in his repentance, the testimony of Enoch's faith. Now, we're going to flip back to Hebrews 11. And notice what it says. Bottom of verse 5. He had this testimony that he pleased God. Now you say, well, where did he get the testimony from? God testified of Enoch. God said of Enoch, he pleases me. I want to tell you something. You say, well, why didn't everybody else say that? Hey, they were walking in another road, another path. They didn't want anything to do with the way Enoch was walking. But can I tell you today, if you have no other witness on your behalf and you're genuinely saved by faith and repentance, I promise you, God will testify for you. God spoke, and he said, He pleased me. Remember verse 6. We'll deal with that next time. Verse 6 says what? Without faith, it's impossible to what? So in other words... Enoch's faith was of such that even God would testify of Enoch and God would put him in the hall of faith and God would say, his faith, it pleased me. Can I tell you something today? What pleases God about you and I is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And you say, why is it the Lord Jesus that pleases him? Because if you understand what God did in you when God saved you, you were saved by his faith through you, and you live by his faith through you. And therefore, God's always pleased with faith as we walk in faith and live in faith. Why? Because he sees his son every time that faith is manifested through our life. Can I tell you, there's never a time God's not pleased with his son. You see, this was the testimony of Enoch, a testimony in a time when nobody else wanted anything to do with God, and yet Enoch had a testimony that he pleased God. You see, this is the repentance seen in Enoch's faith. But notice, secondly, the reality seen in Enoch's faith. Here's one thing that I love about these texts. Is God did not leave us guessing on what Enoch's faith looked like, lived out. You see, I believe this with all my heart. Y'all have heard me preach this a million times. If God saved you, it's going to prove itself out. You cannot walk like you used to walk. When God saves you. And God made sure that we had enough information to know exactly not only what Enoch's faith looked like that brought him to walk with God, but what Enoch's faith looked like as he walked with God. See, it's one thing to have faith to get in. It's another thing to display that faith as you go on. And Enoch displayed that faith moment by moment, day by day. And Enoch was a man that had that testimony that it pleased God. Why? Because when God saw Enoch walk with him, his faith was proven to be reality. Now let me show you some things of what it means to have the reality of faith in Enoch's life. The evidence of faith in the Lord. When you find this word, he walked with God. You find that in verse chapter number 5. You find it where he says in chapter 5, verse 22, he walked with God. Verse 24, and he walked with God. The word walk here is not a word that just means the steps he took. The word walk here speaks of a lifestyle of living. In other words, Enoch was a man that had a continuous, ongoing lifestyle of faith in the Lord. And it was displayed in how he lived, how he walked, what he did, what he said, the evidence of his life. Listen, can you imagine how Enoch stood out like a sore thumb in that day? And so Enoch was a man whose Reality or the proof of his faith was evidence in his faith in the Lord. Now you say, well, is it any different for us? Absolutely not. Let me tell you something. The Bible has a lot to say about how we walk. Let me give you a few verses. Romans chapter 6. We're to, we might walk in the newness of life. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. That we walk by faith, not by sight. Galatians 5.16, walk by the Spirit, and you're not going to carry out the desires of the flesh. Ephesians 5.2, walk in love just as Christ loved you and gave himself for you. I want to tell you something. The Bible says a lot about how we walk because the way we walk speaks about who we are. How we live testifies about who we belong to. 
And Enoch was a man who had the evidence of faith because he lived the life that he said that he had. It's the reason 1 John, when 1 John was written, 1 John does a lot or says a lot about man says, man says, man says, man says. But, but can I tell you today, when you walk the walk, you don't have to worry about what man says. The evidence of their faith becomes evident. It becomes something that is apparent. It becomes something that is transparent and you have an evidence of faith in the Lord. But let me show you secondly what it means to walk in the Lord. The evidence of fellowship of the Lord. Would it be easy to say that if you're walking with God, you're going to have fellowship with God? I mean, how you walk with somebody, you don't have fellowship. And so Enoch was someone that had fellowship with God. Now, look what it means here. Amos chapter 3, verse 3 says, Can two walk together except they what? Agree. So in other words, it's just not a matter. Now listen. It's just not a matter of Enoch walking with God, then not with God, with God, and then not with God. No, no, no. Enoch stayed in step with God. You say, what do you mean? Because Enoch and God were on the same page. And what God loved, Enoch loved. What God hated, Enoch hated. In other words, there was a fellowship with God whereby they agreed, and because they agreed, they could walk together. Now, I want to tell you something, folks. There's a lot of people out there today who don't agree. I had an evangelist friend of mine called me today. Said he did a meeting for a pastor. And after the meeting was over, the pastor was driving him to the airport. And the pastor said these words to him. He said, can I tell you something if it don't offend you? This evangelist friend of mine said, what is it? The pastor looked at him and said, you give God way too much credit. You say, what did the evangelist say? He said, thank you for the compliment. Amen? I mean, there's people that don't agree. And I want to tell you something. If you don't walk in step with God and what God says, how God sees it, you are not walking with God. And this is what it means. There's the evidence of fellowship with God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, 5 through 7. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is what? No darkness. At all. Y'all got that? Say amen. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. All right, now let me ask you a question. Where does that leave a lot of our family and friends? See, we always want to thank the best of our family and friends. We always want to thank the best of them and say, oh, listen, they, they're a really good person. No, they're not. You say, well, preacher, you're being mean. No, I'm just saying what the Bible says. The Bible says they're desperately wicked. Who can know them? It says if we say that we will have fellowship with him, who's the him? The Lord. 
and walk in darkness. We lie, do not the truth. But if, notice the transition, if we walk in light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. Now, who's the one with another? Is that talking about me and you? No, it's talking about us and him. It's talking about a reciprocal fellowship. Because remember, the whole subject matter is he is in the light. And if we walk in darkness, we have no fellowship with him. And if we have fellowship with him, then we walk in the light and we can have fellowship one with another. I have fellowship with him. He has fellowship with me. Because I got news for you. You can't have fellowship with someone on a one-sided basis. That means God speaks to you and you speak to him. That means God draws you and, and, and leads you and guides you and you, you give your petitions unto him. Here's what, here's what it says. It says, if we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Let me tell you how Enoch, how we know that Enoch had faith in God and walked with God and pleased God. Here's the way we know. Because he walked in step with God because we're two agree they can have fellowship. But let me show you the third thing, the evidence of the fear of the Lord. How many agree you're not going to walk with the Lord, and if you know anything about the Lord, and not have an awe of who he is? To walk with the Lord speaks of a surrender and submissiveness to his will. Now watch this. Walking with the Lord it's not standing back and seeing which way he goes and then choosing if you want to go. Can I tell you what walking with the Lord is? Walking with the Lord is getting under the same yoke he's under. Now, I'm not a farmer, and I'm going to confess that up front. But I've talked to a bunch of farmers. And they tell me when you put two bulls in a yoke there's a dominant bull and a passive bull now you farmers am i getting this right say amen there's a dominant bull and a passive bull now the yoke if the two walk together is not cumbersome to either but the dominant bull sets the pace and sets the course. And then the passive bull either gets in step with the dominant bull or the passive bull gets a world of hurt with that yoke. The picture is this. To walk with God is to walk yoked to Him in such a way that as He steps, I step. We don't question. Here's, here's, our, here's the way we like to do it. Well, God's leading me to do this. Well, let me pray about it. No, you don't have to. Y'all say amen. In other words, you get in step with God and you walk with God. Why? Because you're submissively surrendering unto him. It's not something that is where you re are resigned to do so. You willingly do so. And Enoch walked with God. Submissive, surrendered to the will of God, in step with God, because he agreed with God. And the motivation for it all is love. You'll never surrender to or walk with who you do not love supremely. And this 
is the evidence of Enoch's faith. Let me show you lastly, the evidence of the faithfulness to the Lord. Turn back with me, if you will, to Genesis chapter 5. Look at verse 22 again. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300, how many years? 300 years. And the totality of his life, next verse, 360 and five years. All right, now we've already established he walked 60 and five years and didn't walk with God. But when he begot Methuselah, he began to walk with God. For 300 years, when nobody else was walking with him. Look at a couple things. The longevity of his faith. A lot of times, people will make professions of faith. And this will be said. We'll see if it proves out to be real. You say, how do you know if it proves out to be real? Their faith will continue no matter what. Now think about it. This was out the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And Enoch walked 300 years when nobody else walked. And he walked with God for 300 years. No wonder God said... He pleased me 300 years walking with God. Let me ask you a question. Do you have trouble doing it for a month? You see, there's the longevity of faith because true saving faith will stick and remain. But notice, secondly, the evidence of his faithfulness seen in the language of his faith. Look at Jude, verse 14 and 15. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these saying, Behold, now here's Enoch preaching in that day. Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all, to convince all of, that are ungodly among them all their ungodly deeds, which they had ungodly committed, and all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners had spoken against him. You know, listen, in, in today's age, here's what preachers would have told Enoch. Listen, Enoch, you're a fish out of water. I understand you're on fire for the Lord. I understand you love the Lord. I understand you're walking with God. Praise God you're walking with God. But Enoch, I want to tell you something. Here's the best thing you can do. Keep it quiet. That's what they would tell him today. Let me tell you what Enoch did. He said, hey, you ungodly generation. God's coming. He's going to judge you. You better repent. He wouldn't make it in church today. I mean, listen, this wasn't a, a silent faith. This wasn't a bashful faith. This wasn't a hidden faith. Hey, this was a faith which Enoch declared vocally, verbally, and boldly, and unapologetically. In a generation when 
Only his grandfather was proclaiming it with him. Can you imagine Noah, his great-grandfather? And here's Enoch taking up the mantle and preaching righteousness and the need for repentance. So let me ask you a question. Do we have enough evidence to say Enoch repented by faith? Absolutely we do. All right, now. So let me show you lastly tonight. The rapture due to Enoch's faith. Go to Hebrews 11. We'll start there. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see what? All right, now. I have people all the time come to me. And they say, preacher, the rapture's nowhere in the Bible. All right, let me ask you a question. I'll do the word study in a second. But the Bible says Enoch was. And then in the other passage, he says he was not. For God what? Took him. And he did not see death. Now, I'm not very smart. But if that's not the rapture, we're in trouble. Now, the word translated, what does it mean? It means to immediately take from one place to another in a single stroke or a single act. It's the same word used in Colossians where it says we're no longer part of the kingdom of darkness but the kingdom of his dear son. And what does it say? And God translated us out of the kingdom of darkness. It means God plucked us out of one and put us in the other. Well, can I tell you something? God plucked Enoch out of this earth. You say, why? So he would not see death. Now, let me tell you what this does. It does a couple things. It shows the proof of the rapture. The curse of sin is what? Death. Enoch didn't see death. Now, when you go back to Genesis 5, as a matter of fact, turn back here with me. Turn back to Genesis 5 real quick. All right, turn to Genesis 5. Look what it says. Verse 5, And all the days of Adam lived 930 years, and he what? I didn't hear you. He what? Verse 8, And all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he? Verse 11, And all the days of Enos was 905 years, and he? You want me to keep going, or you got the picture? But Enoch did not see death. You say, why? Because his faith was real. 
His faith stood the test of time. And his faith was proved to be genuine. And you say, well, preacher, that makes no sense whatsoever because aren't there true believers that have displayed true, consistent faith who have died? Depends on your definition of death. Have they physically died? But for a Christian, really, is there death? When this old body lays down, if the rapture don't come first, can I tell you what's going to happen? What's in this body ain't going to lay down. And by the way, don't forget that even your body will be resurrected one day. Actually, there's four accounts in Scripture of a little rapture. Enoch, Elijah, Chariots of fire, y'all remember that? The church, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, says the dead in Christ will rise first. I promise you that don't mean Baptist. <laughs> and then lastly, the two witnesses in Revelation. You say, well, they got killed, laid in the streets of Jerusalem. God resurrected them. And when God resurrected, God took them. Now, you say, well, there was really a fifth. Well, there was Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you, the rapture is proven all through scriptures. But here's the other thing that this instance proves for us, the protection in the rapture. What was God about to do to this earth? Judge it, destroy it. But what did he do with Enoch before he did Pulled him out. I have people all the time saying, Preacher, rapture won't happen until halfway in the tribulation or at the end of the tribulation. I went, well, there's one problem with it. They say, what is it? The Bible! Because all through the Bible, you find God protecting his people from judgment that he pours out on this world. Ask Noah if God protected him. Ask Enoch if God protected him. Ask Lot if God didn't try to protect him. You see, God protects his children. And can I tell you guys, listen to me. I had a preacher call me today said, Preacher, I've got a lot of my members asking how Ukraine and Russia fits into the end times. What do I tell them? I said, well, here's what I would say to you. To know specifically how it fits in, we have no idea. But, to know that all things are lining up or have lined up. And there's nothing left to keep God the Father from saying to God the Son, Son, go get your children. Go get your bride. 
you can say that with confidence and you can say that with authority. But let me tell you who's going to be taken when that day comes. Those that have a faith that looks like Enoch. The Lord said, when I come back, will I find how many faithful? Guys, I want you to hear me. The reason God put his finger on Enoch is because that's the faith that displays the Lord Jesus. And that's the reason God said, this is the faith that I'm pleased with. Let me give you a verse. Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. Writing to the churches of Ephesus, or, or churches of Asia Minor. Here's what he said. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. In other words, you stayed faithful. You've endured. You continued on. How long did Enoch continue on? 300 years. I also will keep thee from the hour of what? All right, now here's the question you've got to ask. What is the hour of temptation? Tribulation. So what do these people that think the rapture happens in the middle of the end do with that? Because your faith has endured. I promise you, I'll keep you from the hour of temptation, which I also promise shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Here's what I'm going to say to you. I have no idea the hour the Lord's coming. But here's what I do know. If that rapture happened right here, right now, there'd be some that have to look around and say, where did they go? Where did they go? Because in a twinkling of an eye, it'll happen. Without warning. And those that have a faith, that look like Enoch, look like the Lord Jesus, will be caught up in the air. To meet the Lord in the air. So I just got two questions. Does God see in you the faith of His Son manifested, whereby God looks upon you and seeing His Son? Can He say of your faith that's demonstrated through you? I'm pleased. Because that's what the faith that God put his finger on in Enoch. This is the faith that pleases me. Because without faith, 
It's impossible to please God. Now listen to what I'm about to say, and I'm done. And if God's not pleased, God will not bring you to himself. He'll never bring to himself anything he's not pleased with. Now remember, his pleasure in you and I is on the person of the Lord Jesus. But if Lord Jesus lives in us, he's going to live through us. And that faith is going to be evidenced in and through our life. So how many of y'all ready? Amen? There's only one thing I forgot about this in this sermon. I should have got a trumpet up here and blew it at the end of it. Because that's how it's going to happen. You say, preacher, who will hear the trumpet? Only those that God's pleased with. The world won't hear that trumpet. I don't know about y'all, but come quickly, Lord Jesus, come. Amen? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the testimony that you gave to Enoch's faith. And Father, may you so work in us that no matter what takes place in the coming days, weeks, months, and years, Our faith, like Enoch, will stand the test of time. And Father, when you say to your son, Son, go get your bride. And we're working in the fields or we're doing our daily things. And all of a sudden, in a moment, in an absolute moment that's quicker than time could tell, the spiritual ears hear a trumpet blast. And before we even know what we heard, in the clouds, we are face to face with our bridegroom. What a marvelous day that'll be. But for what a tragic day that'll be. For those that are having to stand around and say, where did they go? Father, do a work in these last days. Father, the family and friends that we know won't ever have to say, where did he go? And I'll thank you and I'll praise you in Jesus' name.